Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker, and in this week's show, the boys meet with Chissix and get their next big assignment. We give away another $100 Amazon gift card like we do every week. Listen to details on how you can enter that. We give out more information on how you can win a free trip to PaizoCon and hang out with the Roll for Combat crew. And in this week's PC and GM tips, I explain why you should always build a character with some serious flaws. So after last week's monster show, we'll probably want to jump into this pretty quick. Once again, the free trip to PaizoCon. It's going to take a couple of episodes for you to get all the information, and then I'm going to give you information on how to enter. So basically, listen to last week's show, listen to this week's show, and then listen to the next couple of shows, and then there's going to be information on how you can enter. And then sometime around the end of April, beginning of May, we'll be selecting a winner. So just for those of you who didn't know exactly how this was going to work, that's how it's going to work. So there you go. Also, for those of you new to the show, thanks for listening. Once again, if you want to catch up, you can just listen to episode 25, where we start a brand new adventure. Or you can go all the way back to episode 1, or you can start all the way at episode 1 and catch up with the rest of the antics. But with that, let's get right into the show. Okay, with that, after you go on your shopping spree and get all your upgrades and feel all wonky and happy, you get a missive from Chesek, who wishes to meet with you. Ooh, uh, that sounds good. What are the uh, details? Where does he want to meet? John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. In his office right away. Ooh, was he, who is he again? Chris Beamer is playing the Lushunta operative, Hiroji. The leader for the Starfinder Society? Your contact? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah you let's... mean the one who just made a huge profit off of exploiting our image? Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. No, that was... Uh... The proceeds went to the Starfinder Society. Was it that Cora or Tor? Nor, that was Nor. Well, Norse used his camera, but yeah, it went to Starfinder. Oh, yeah. It went to Yeah, Chesek was the uh, bug thing. He's a bug. Yes. No. Anything I can do to help the Starfinders. Yes, that's our motive right there. (laughs) Chesek invites you in. You obviously take the robo-taxi. You go back to the Starfinder Society. As you walk in... Everyone looks at you, and they give you a round of applause. They all stand up and clap, saying, There they are, the Fabulous Five! And uh, you guys have become minor celebrities in the Starfinder Society itself. 
Wow. Excellent. Thank that you. is Thank so, so oh, great. Too much. Please be I, seated. I, Please. I've never played an adventure where my character wasn't the scum of the earth at this <laughs> level. So that is just. Well, we know the truth. We know the truth. They don't know this. Yeah, well, it's important that they know the truth, too. (laughs) So they're all excited. People want to take pictures, get your autographs. They're all just like even their own other Starfinders. And even some of the the bigger and higher level Starfinders are impressed and give you little nods and like thumbs up as you walk through the offices. Yeah, Mo Mo eats it up. He's going to shake hands when where people weren't actually offering their hand to shake. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely press palms. You know, I chat, I flirt a bit. Yeah, Rusty looks, he looks like he, uh, he looks like a million bucks. It looks like he just uh, came out of a salon. He looks so nice. Really? Wow. Uh, well, yeah. Really? Where, your hair? where do you get your hair done? Uh, you need to, it's not just getting the right guy. You need to then take care of it every day correctly. I can actually give you some, uh, some tips. Uh. Also, you got to lose the antenna, Hiroji. Ha! (laughs) Uh, Mo doesn't kind of, he doesn't really believe his uh, own eyes. He's going to poke Rusty to, uh, see if he's actually, um, improved as he looks good. Hey, hey, don't poke me. I'm a doubting Mo. Okay. Um, I'm guessing that's hollow skin technology. I think. Roll to see if you disbelieve. Perception, probably. A <laughs> will. Ooh, uh, I roll a nine, and I think my perception is pretty crappy. Uh, ten. Yeah. What? Do you have any modifiers? No. Ten, well, ten. plus one. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, I, I'm still there. I, as far as you can tell, I'm real. All right. Do you look human? Oid. I I look great. That's all. I detect evil. I look the same. I always did. I detect evil because you're undead. <laughs> you don't have that ability. You have to trust your own eyes. Looks like he just came back from a long spa vacation. He looks better than you ever see. He looks like he's just got a nice sheen about him. His hair's done. His skin looks good. He's got a manicure, pedicure. He does. He just, does he look undead though? Million credits. Nah, he looks. He looks awesome. I think Tuttle would like to take a to try a medicine check. Jason McDonald is playing the Soki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone Cheddar. <laughs> what? <laughs> Everyone is poking and prodding you. Um, we're being rude to our host here. <laughs> oh no! Not a good roll. Twelve for a medicine yeah, check. he's just—he just looks Tuttle rested. Appears to be fooled. Yeah, rested and relaxed, and looks uh, like a million bucks. You might want to pick up some of those dermatology products, Tuttle. Yeah. We'll have to do another check at another Skin level. Skin care. That's what we're talking about. For you, probably fur care. But still, I think the concept is still the same. The, the flea collar first, and then... <laughs> <laughs> Not have fleas. Yeah, we'll have to secure it around his neck so he doesn't, like, scrape it off. <laughs> cone. Put a You're cone. doing the big cone? <laughs> oh, yeah. Precursor to the invisible fence next. <laughs> yeah. Well... All right. How you doing, Chizix? <laughs> Chizix welcomes you in. He telepathically, his antennae are twitching, or sorry, its antennae are twitching, and he telepathically greets you and welcomes you. He's so happy to meet you. You've done so much for the society by exploring the rock. He said you've done an excellent, excellent job. 
and he couldn't have been more happier. I know it's it. I keep saying him, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he's neuter. He wishes to have a full report as he has been watching the television show, of course, but he would like to hear a full report of what you did and found, if you would. I, right. I tell him everything. Yeah, we divulge. Yeah, I don't know what we could tell him that isn't on the uh, on the tape. Is there anything that we... This is actually a good question. Is there anything that we could tell him that isn't on the uh, recording? Well, you wouldn't know that offhand, so you just tell him everything. You spend a good hour going through all the details, and after you're done, it looks at you and says, Very interesting. What you mentioned, some of it was edited, I would imagine, by Noor. Namely, everything about that crate seems to have been removed from the broadcast. Uh, Mm. Just from curiosity, did the broadcast highlight the fact that those caves in the Drift Rock are from a species that no one has ever encountered before? Which are you talking about? The technology was off the scale. Yeah, the the gravity rooms. Yes. In fact, that is why... I've brought you here. That was edited out or no, left in? No, that was left in. The only item that was edited out appears to be this mysterious crate you picked up for Noor. Otherwise, it no, sounds should mostly it. intact. I knew we should open that crate. Oh, yes. Mo- Mo's going to ask Chizix what he would have recommended we do. <laughs> Well, you are Starfinders, and its charter is to explore. It is a tricky one, as Nor is extremely powerful. However, I would think he would have done and lived with whatever you did, since he was here and you were there. So basically, what I was saying we should do was the right thing to do. Did we all get that? I was on board with that. Actually, if you look back, mm. I was not on board with that. But I, no, I, I, say, that, I say that I was. Uh, yeah. In case no one remembers. Yeah. Oh, I remember. John and I were on one side, and the two of you were on the other. Yeah. Water under the bridge. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Since your expedition, we were able to get some of those alien databases and symbols from the rock. We picked it up from the broadcast as well as a follow-up team that went shortly after the quarantine was lifted. We were able to access the society's detailed databases in which we were able to search for any prior appearances of the language displayed on the Rift Rocks displays. The computer has been at this for several hours as the language is incredibly old. Hold for a moment while I check the results. Opening the envelope. He opens it, takes out a data pad, and scans it quickly. He appears to be quite energetic bobbing their head appreciably. 
And then its antennae droop dejectively and explains oh, no. its findings oh, to you. No. There's some good news. The Starfinder Society's linguistic database recognized many of the symbols you found on the Drift Rock because this is not the first time they've appeared post-gap. The bad news is that the source is highly unreliable. Chisix notes as segments of their chitinous body scrape together in agitation. All that we have about these earlier texts comes from Halakim Zan nearly three centuries ago, and it seems that no published studies of those texts have appeared since. According to these records, Zan's original findings were donated to the Quarbarth University of Xenoarchaeology and Xenoanthropology on Castravel shortly ah. after his the Sheeran pauses while contemplating how to best phrase this sentence. Disruptive expeditions. Fortunately, the society has numerous alumni from that university, and I can readily secure you a contact there and forward my personal recommendation to a few faculty members. Perhaps they can show you Zan's notes and even take you to the original site so you can search for more clues about whatever this drift rock once was. Castroval, huh? What do you know about Castroval? That's my home planet. Oh, really? Ah. That's my home world. Yeah. Ah. On the other hand, we're going to a university, which is my uh, preferred environment. So, you know, mm -hmm. Tuttle's oh. pretty happy about all this. Get it's fun. a hot world. It's a human world. It's a bug planet. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bug planet because a quarter of the planet is covered with bugs. It crawls. It's an ugly planet. A bug planet. It's Yeah, there's a lot of dangerous. I used to hunt there often. I was... I kind of wanted to not have to go back there, but... Rusty, what was your question? Uh, the name of the university, just because I'm writing notes. Corbarth University. Corbarth. Yeah, and the name of Chiswick's uh, contact. Your contact will be... And he taps a few keys. There's a postdoctoral student named Wallace, who has worked with the society in the past. I'll ask him to greet you when you land... In Quarbarth. Okay. It's the shining jewel of the Western Sea. It's uh, our, it's one wait. of our greatest cities. Is so it's going to be all aliens everywhere? All uh, ugly well, aliens. Well, no. I, I mean, mean the locals are Lashenta, and you are the alien. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever you are, okay. yeah, that, that, sure that, that's you are. cute. All right. Ugh. Oh God, seriously? Yeah, it's a bug hunt. Yes, another bug hunt. It's actually very it's diverse. I mean, there are a lot of it's a it's it's kind of, it's my planet. I mean, my, we're one of we're the dominant race in in the uh, in the wow. Landsrat. Well, in you'll, you'll have to show us where all the good restaurants are, though. Oh yeah. Are you considered um, typical of your race? I mean, I am atypical of my race. Okay. All right. 
So the rest of them know how to get in out of the gunfire. (laughs) Yeah, do other members of your race get shot more or less than you do? Right. I am known as a bullet sponge. You're you're combustible. (laughs) There is a... uh... In high school, you were the one they all threw the dodgeballs at. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) Yeah, it's because they would hit every time. Uh, there is a five f- percent of the population is human on my on in Qu- Kabar. Oh, thank God, civilization. Okay. And oh, it's very civilized. It's a our planet's very odd. It's a highly civilized planet with massive uh, high tech cities, but like it's got a massive prim- primordial um, wilderness as well. And we keep it out with electrified fences and gun turrets. And no matter what happens with our questing, we're never going to have to go out in the wilderness where monsters will attack us. Right? I have hunted there. I've hunted quite a bit. So. Wow. Uh, there's Yoshoki. Yoshokis are there, too, 4%. There's even elves. Wow. Elves are actually very populous. There's three main populations on Kestrabel. Hiroji knows all this. As long as they recognize the might of the Vesk Empire, I think we'll be okay. We respect the Vesk Empire, but like the caster, like my race is a race of warriors as well. That's good. Like you should know that from looking at how I operate in combat. I've seen the relative sizes of your races. Is this sort of like the Wookiees and the Ewoks are a race of warriors? Uh, I guess you could say Ewoks are a race of warriors, right? They do have this weapons. This is what I'm saying. So. Yeah. Well, as long as they recognize themselves as warriors, I think it'll be easy to deal with them. You know, you, I let them call themselves warriors. It's 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 the polite thing to do. Chisix, Chisix interrupts your barbs and goes on to explain, just to let you know, this Halakim Zan, as you know, the Starfinder Society is an organization dedicated to uncovering the secrets of the universe and its past. As in any pursuit, the sensational hero can attract new recruits, and a buffoon can tarnish the whole field. Zan was both. <laughs> he traveled throughout the pack worlds, making a name for himself as an explorer and archaeologist, but his techniques were utter rubbish. He was a looter with good press agents, and he published lurid gibberish, like the Pyramid People of Ukalam. His articles were popular with the public, but for every diligent explorer they inspired, another two were unscrupulous treasure hunters who just wanted to blow things up and call it archaeology. Unfortunately, he is all we have in Leeds. Mo is going to uh, he's going to uh, tell Chesek rest assured there's nothing that Mo hates more than it's a than a secret of the universe and we're going to find this secret and we are going to crush it and he pounds the table <laughs> excellent we hope so as it appears this drift rock is millions of years old this is quite an extraordinary find. And this appears to be our only lead for understanding its purpose. I'm ready to go. What about you guys? So we're trying to try, right. trying to figure out the purpose of the Drift Rock, right? Yes. We went through the database and 
the only recognized symbols came from Zan's writings from nearly three centuries ago. However, nothing was published. His original texts are in the university. Hopefully, you can go through the archives and find some of his original unpublished works to help us decipher these alien scripts. But to be precise, our goal is to learn about the species, the race that is involved here, not what's on the drift rock, right? We're probably done there. Oh, your goal is to get the notes to decipher the language so we can understand the purpose of the drift rock. Oh, okay. We may be going back there then. Okay. Yeah, if we can't decipher the language ourselves, then the the society will help. No, is that you can't decipher it. No one can. No. Oh, okay. The computers found the only decipherable source, Zan's original manuscripts. Oh. Okay, so his manuscripts will have some answers. Correct. You no longer need to get to the Drift Rock. We are downloading all the information from the rock into the Starfinder databases. Sounds good. And we got a ship that's newly repaired? Yes. Take us there? We've taken care of that for you. It was the least we can do for all your hard work. It's interesting. The planet is home to three. It's the elves, the Lashuntas, and the um, bug people. This sounds like my own personal hell. Ha! Oh, the, the Lashentas. They make my ringware. I love those guys. <laughs> Rusty will be building a vacation home. Yeah, the foremen <laughs> the, the foreman are a really nasty, bug-like insect hive mind. And the Lashunta and the foreman have been at war for hundreds of years. And only recently have there actually been a peace between the two. And the elves only for thirty last thirty yeah, years. Only last yeah. thirty years, and the elves just sort of keep to themselves and are like all on their own. The elves, uh, talk about aloof. The elves are aloof. Yeah, we'll have to take them down a peg or two. All right. Well, that sounds like I, I, I'm I'm game for going back to my home Do world. Do you have any additional questions about Zahn or the university or your mission? Do they know that we're coming, or is this a clandestine uh, trip? No, they know that you are coming. Oh, and another question. What about the cameras? Yeah, no more cameras. The camera was Noor's. The camera is not part of this expedition. Uh, The camera actually left once you came onto the uh, station, by the way. Camera left. What a cliffhanger. Yeah, I don't need people to know my business because there might be some shenanigans. At least not for free, anyway. Um, Did you guys do any analysis on that attack that we suffered on our way to uh, the station? I mean, there seems to be a leak somewhere, unless that was all uh, window dressing for the the show. Yes, we looked into that. Very odd. A unregistered Eoxian ship attacked you for what reason we have no idea and why it self-destructed obviously they were hiding something what we do not know okay fair enough maybe they weren't happy with our our tv show Yeah. yeah yes that was both a benefit 
and a detriment because unfortunately, thanks to the broadcast of the Drift Drop exploration, it's only a matter of time before someone else beats the society to this prize. As Zan was quite well known, it will only be a matter of time before someone else puts this together. Uh, we shall be the first to do it. Right. Well, it sounds like we should have put some money into our ship upgrades, but it's too late for that. <laughs> yeah, I needed personal upgrades. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My armor was so crappy. Yeah. Do you guys have any other questions? Nope, not I. I figured much of this we're going to find out when we get and meet our contact there and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's enough. Thank you very much, Chisix. Yes, he one thing is Hiroji knows that Ukalam and when he mentions the pyramid people of Ukalam, that is the wilderness continent on Castrovel. That is untouched by civilization. And that has nothing, no settlements, nothing. It is complete wilderness. Dad, you might be interested in knowing a little bit about being a Lushan. What's it called? Ukalam? Yeah, who has who can do a knowledge check for that? Not I. Well, Hiroji. Mm-hmm. Hiroji knows lots about Ukalam. I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your knowledge check? Uh... Ah, Ukalam, yes. Uh, it's the unconquered depths of wilderness. It's a domain of powerful beasts, deadly plants, and immense fungi that drive a never-ending cycle of evolution, growth, and decay. Any settlements that have been there have been consumed by the jungle, and most ruins are damaged beyond identification. It's not untouched by civilization. It's unfazed by civilization, in other words. Yeah, well, the constant conflicts between Lashenta and Formians played out over the continent's southern half, littering the expanse with craters and starship wreckage, which is overgrown now. Bases and fortresses dot the coast. Both of the races have scaled back their presence there because the war is over, decommissioning many of the outposts, allowing nature to reclaim them. Uh, in, in, in the handout, the... Um... I'm looking at the map. Uh, it's called Ukalam. Ukalam. It's in the upper left-hand corner. Oh, okay, upper left-hand corner. Okay, so I, I see some, yeah, some things on the south, like a station, and it's the northern. Okay. There's, just to give you, since you could just pull this up, you don't really yeah. need to do anything. Yeah. Asana is, that is where the Lushunta are, okay. and that is where, if you look up, to the like right almost in the dead middle that's Corbarth that's where the university is to the south is the colonies and that's where the insectoids live to the southeast is uh, Soyaran that's where all the elves live in almost total isolation and then obviously to the northwest is Ukalam which is complete wilderness and craziness yeah, it's there's. It is interesting that the this travel to Ukalam is restricted. There's only a limited number of permits each year, and there's a sizable waiting list of academics and tourists. I assume we have uh, permission to get to that. Is that something that we'll have? Well, I don't know if we have to go there yet, but 
concerned the uh there's oh that's right yeah We're there is there. poaching and whatnot that goes on in there because there's lots of like f- lucrative trade in hides horns and supernatural pharmaceuticals and, and where is the university on this uh on this planet the university quarbarth university yeah oh i see it it's on it's almost dead center okay quarbarth okay very good Tuttle knows about Quarbarth. Wait, what? If it's a university, I'm all about that. Tuttle's quite excited. Quarbarth University is one of the foremost institutions of higher learning for explorers and galactic antrographers in the Pact Worlds. In addition to training many great archaeologists, the university maintains a staggering archive of artifacts, recordings, and other findings from throughout the system. It is pretty much the number one authority on historical artifacts throughout the pack worlds. Tuttle's not crazy about this whole archaeology thing and digging around in the dirt in the past, but you know he can still respect academia when he sees it. So, and there and there's a postdoc that he can boss around. So that's that's always a plus. <laughs> oh yeah. So you're Indiana Jones in the classroom, not in the field. Possibly. <laughs> the drift rock belongs in the museum. <laughs> exactly. Top men. Yeah. Top Ushoki, please. Yeah, this wilderness. Top Ushoki. This Ukulum is uh, is is rather dangerous. Oh, I'm sure we're gonna have to go there. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound like our type of uh, country. We'll just be researching in a library. That's our adventure. We could nuke them from orbit. That's the only way to be sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For, tu- for Tuttle, researching things in a library is an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you can bring up a little picture, and there's like there's like snapshots, and here's one of them from that part of the world. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's- okay. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that look! There's a little uh, yo, it's uh, a puppy, a yo uh, Yoshi. No, no, Yoshi, uh, Yoshiki, Yoshiki, little Yoshiki running away from for his life. Yeah, and a human running for their life. Yeah, What's yeah. Those are the the Yaruks. They um they actually are known to basically stampede throughout the forest in pursuit of food, and they basically inadvertently like go through and just trample down large portions of the forest which generates regrowth and they're 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 monstrous but it's interesting to hear all this but of course we're never going to have to go into this jungle yeah yeah (laughs) this is our our adventure is going to be library centric i believe we're gonna need to know the reference catalogs and that's gonna be i can't wait at fourth level, we learned the Dewey Decimal System. Right. You don't necessarily want to go there, because Ukulam is, is rather... It, it, it's uncivilized. Well, there's other places you can go. You can go to the insect people. You want to see what the insect people yeah. is, what it looks Ew. like? I'd rather deal with the monsters. Well, yeah. <laughs> you actually will, because let me show you what the insect world looks like. Is it an ugly planet? A bug planet? Yep. Yep. Wait, this is a different planet? No, it's on the plane. That's Queen's Rock. Over a million inhabitants in okay. the those are termite mounds. Well, that looks thousands at least thousands of feet up in the air. Tame at least some cities, some skyscrapers. I like what I'm seeing. We're not going there, though, are we? That's what the and that's what the foremen look like. Oh wow! Is that an evil race? They're just at war with the um, 
They're they're at war with the Lashunta. There's a very there's a cold war going on right now. They uh, they've been at peace, and it was actually the Sheeran who brokered the peace because um, these creatures have a hive mind like the Sheeran, and they're actually trying to make them almost break away from this hive mind mentality. Yeah, they're they're not pleasant. I'm not a big fan. They're at war with themselves. I mean, just look at them. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty grim. And you want to see the pretty elf city? Sure. That's the elf city of L. Quite pretty. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a little stuck up for me, but it is yeah. nice. Well, they have excellent care. It's like Rivendell with a maglev. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually have very, very strict rules. Actually, it's a very fascinating world. There's like four continents, but you really can't easily go between the continents unless you, like... Where the Lashunta are, you can go. Like there, they have a tourist trade. Where the insect guys are, eh, you can go there if you want, but it's a little iffy. Really, it's only like Shirin who go there. Otherwise, yeah. humanoids don't really go there. The elves, you gotta like go through paperwork. It's like going to Soviet Russia. Like yeah, there's a lot of paperwork if you want to go there, and you gotta wear a mask because they get offended if you don't look like an elf. They got a whole thing wow. about that. Oh man, Rusty, you would love the mask. There you go. Rusty would love that. And the wilderness part, you, no one goes there. No one like, Not only go. that, it's protected, and you need permits that can take years to get before you go there. It's extremely well protected, and it's very hard to get there. All right. I say we get in our spaceship and fly. Yes. Sure. Please, please hurry. Before you are beaten to this discovery, as it will be a matter of time before others get onto the rock. Uh, One thing I buy before I leave is a big box of cigars. Okay, cigarillos. (laughs) Mo's going to open up the door and run out. Okay. All right, let's start. Let's start her up. Do you guys want to get anything before you go? Are you just going to jump onto the ship? Mo's running to the ship. I I think anything we would think we need, we could probably buy there. That's that's that city is civilized. Yes, you're going to Castrovel, a vibrant planet of sparkling blue oceans, continents blanketed in vividly green forests and swirls of cloud. It's quite beautiful, except for the parts that where they kill you and the insect people and the stuck-up elves. Otherwise, it's lovely this time of year. So you jump on the ship. It's all fired up. It's got a fresh coat of paint. You can barely tell where the bullet holes were. And sure enough, you get station clearance to leave. You can power up the drift travel. And it will take you two days to get to Castroville. I take a nap. I take a nap in room number six, which is the captain's quarters. That's uh, my... Captain uh, goes in the captain's quarters. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, uh, let's just get that clear. Hiroji, you're piloting the ship. I don't know what you're doing. You're you your ass yeah, is in the seat. I, I have to be up for three days. Get two in days. that chair. Do two not days. stand up. Yeah, that's right. I can put it on autopilot and go to sleep. No, 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 no. No, you should you should not tell us and then do that. You should take pride in your piloting work and do it all yourself. You get some practice in. I am literally a crackerjack pilot. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I'm like I would an, describe. I'm like, I'm like an ace, actually. You, you are fact, the cardboard wanna... prize of Cracker Jack pr- pilots. 
You are a cracker, Jack. I'm going to start putting, like, X marks on the side of the hull for all of our kills. Okay, you got one. <laughs> hey, you only need five to be an ace. Yeah. Uh, so we get there. Nice! And you are in orbit, and you can land in Quarbarth and go about your business. Is there anything you wish to do before you do that? Just suit up, uh, lock and load everything, everything fully charged. I will get to my station. Yeah, I'm going to drop all the stuff that I've been carrying around. Like Our captain know. is still taking a nap. Yeah, I'm going to drop a hygiene kit. Yeah, and, stuff uh, like that. Yeah. Non-essential gear. Okay. So, yeah, it's pretty simple. You guys can actually, when you enter the atmosphere, the city-state's aviation authorities hail you, asking for identification. There you go. What do you do? Happily give it to them, and I shake their hands or whatever appendages they happen to be putting forward, and I well, try my best Well, you're in your room, so I don't know what you're doing. You're in your captain's quarters. Oh, sorry. Doing whatever. <laughs> All right, so I actually received the hill. I say, uh, yes, this is... Uh, <laughs> 157 heavy we're coming in uh request landing uh we are a part of the starfinder society requesting a landing they go through they get your identification they direct you to one of the landing pads at the ship's spaceport the ship's end and yeah you guys are all cleared for landing all right i do a is that on the planet or in orbit around the... Uh, on the planet itself. Oh, so we can land on the planet. Or... Okay. Yes. Yeah. yes. I didn't know we could. Okay, space cool. stations or moons or nothing. It's a nice planet. It's my planet. Well, Mo feels the uh, change in, uh, you know, inertia as we uh, descend. Uh, he's going to go up front to see what's going on. Just, you know, hey, are we fighting? No, no, no. We're good. We're landing. Uh, coming in for a landing right now. Should I... Man the battle stations just in case. Uh, you know what? Not a bad idea. You never. All right, get not. Man that man that turret. I call my. Yeah, this 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 finger here. That's what I call the safety. <laughs> and Mo, if you see any aliens at all, shoot them. <laughs> that's you. You're an illegal alien. I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. We land. easily ha. land. You land on ship's end. Normal spaceport. This is normal stuff for you guys. To Hiroji, it's home away from home. It's all very beautiful. It's all really nice here. You guys, I presume, leave the ship. You have to go through customs. And they just ask you about your business in Corbarth, whether you have local contacts, the expected duration of your stay. And whether you're importing any foreign life forms. All right. We're definitely not. Do a... Does 6% goblin count? Yeah. Does that <laughs> include us? I mean, I'm sure the Vesk pretty much either conquered this place or decided not uh, no, to no, conquer no, this no, place. No, 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 you never conquered this place. This place, you never conquered. Yeah. This, this is right. a special well, place. This is. I just don't want to get them afraid. I, I don't want to get them scared, you know, if a vest comes I mean, off. Vests are, you're, you're warriors, but like my people are warriors with intelligence. That's oh. much more dangerous. Alright, that's well, maybe so. Aren't there also the ant people who control like a third of this planet? They live on this planet as guests of ours. <laughs> guests. Aren't they native to this planet? Where, where are we at actually on this planet? You're in Quarbarth. 
core yeah, that's, that's, that's the that's the major um, Lishinta, uh city. It's the major one. Yeah, you can ask your resident local all about it. Okay, uh, I'm looking at the uh, map that you gave us a handout of Castravel. Nearly dead center. Okay, I see it's it. Like okay, very close to dead center. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we're on official Starfinder business, so. So, um, would uh, Hiroji know uh, this city in particular, yes. or did he come from the muddy backwaters of this planet? Well, no, I know this city. This is kind of where I grew up and was trained. Like I, I came from the muddy backwaters at first, and then I ended up in the city, and I was taken under the wing of a guy. That's it's a long story. You don't need to know. Yeah. I thought you had the stench of a clodhopper. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess we don't need any information from these guys. I mean, Hiroshi can just take us straight to the university. Uh, is there any news on Zon? That's that's the guy that we're looking for. Uh, we're actually looking initially for our contact named Wallace, who's a postdoc student who knows. Uh, Zon died. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's long yeah. dead. Oh, we're looking for Wallace. He's a postdoc student. who's a friend of our Starfinder Society contact, Chisix. Right, and where would he might be? At the university, I believe. He's a postdoc student. He's at Corbath University. Oh, let's Sorry. head there. Jason, you were saying. Yes. So I will say, as soon as you go through customs, you don't have any problems, you don't have any produce, you have no pets, you obviously all have your shots, you go through quarantine, no problem, you go through customs, and they give you some travel papers, they tell you to keep them for the duration of your stay, they're very strict about travel between the continents in this planet and as soon as you leave the spaceport you see your contact he recognizes you right away and starts waving and you knew what he looked like because you saw pictures of him ah cool Wallace. well i knew he you know looked like one of these aliens but well he looks like the alien that you were expecting to look like Okay, so he looks like a Shanta. Got it. Yes, he is tall and thin, almost to the point of seeming gaunt. His clothing is a stylish blend of local silks, though the overall ensemble shows considerable wear. He positively beams with antenna-twitching excitement as he meets you to show you around. And he's like, Fellas! Fellas! Over here! Over here! And he, like, runs up to greet you all. Hey, shh. Let's try and keep it a little low-key. So he's the Lashenta version of Sala. Dobson. <laughs> we got Dobson here! <laughs> Nobody cares. All right. Um, Mo is going to wave back at him and uh, say, Here we are. Um, how are you doing? Walwus. Walwus is his name. How are you doing, Wallace? He, t- reminds me of, he reminds me of Rowan Atkinson in uh, Never Say Never Together. Hmm. <laughs> know that reference, but... Yeah, I know he run, He's just running up. He's like, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Spy, come over here. Tall and thin, possible comic relief. I think when we make the movie, I think he's Stephen Merchant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he- hello, hello, Fabulous Five. It's so excited to meet you. Yes, yes. I'm here to show you around and bring you to the university. And anything you need, you can ask me. Although it looks like you got a fellow Lishunta right here with your party. Ha 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 ha. And how are you, good Hiroji? Oh, I'm doing great. It was a nice flight, uneventful, and we're ready to get to work. Lead the way. 
Excellent, excellent. Come with me, come with me. You have all your baggage, have all your luggage, you have everything you need. Excellent, excellent. Anything at the gift shop? Any uh, uh, food or beverages? No, good. Let's go get that robo-taxi and go to the university. Oh, yeah. I like this guy. I want the Johnny Cab. So you, you yeah, hails you, yeah. yeah, he hails you a taxi. You guys jump in, and the taxi carries you through the heart of Quarbarth and to the university. The taxi winds its way deeper into the city, and the trees give way to elegant towers of carbon fiber, glass, and steel, each artistically sculpted to create a stunning forest of dazzling skyscrapers. like it. The Quarbarth University is just to the north of downtown Commercial District and consists of about 10 buildings scattered over a campus of groomed lawns and gardens. He goes on to explain, like, sort of the history and all that stuff, and you guys are just sort of looking around and seeing everything. I guess kind of bored, since you've heard all this uh, by Hiroji when you guys were on your way here, and you're like, yeah, yeah, enough of this, enough of this. Tuttle may actually drop off a resume while we're here, see if they have any uh, tenure-track positions open. (laughs) Tenure-track, right. And I'm actually uploading a picture, and this is what it looks like. Oh, okay. So, for the intents of this game... I have this beautiful map here. We're just going to do everything on this one map and abstract it. Cool. So just because it's so pretty and I thought we can, it actually will work very well with this next part. Yeah. Wow. So anyhow, Wallace goes on to explain to you that although he doesn't have a description, he doesn't have the background to decipher the drift rocks writing and technology. He instead wants to introduce you to professor Muhali who's the head of the Linguistic Anthropology Department. And her office is um, in Askimi Karimi Hall. It's an eight-story building whose lobby is currently home to, unfortunately, a small pack of journalists. Although he doesn't see that's going to be a problem whatsoever. No, no, no. You go be able to get right through and meet with her. He has no idea what would warrant such attention. I don't know why they're here. Linguistic anthropology. They give out degrees for that? <laughs> Tuttle's thinking to himself, oh, so not a real doctor. Okay. <laughs> you approach the lobby, and it is packed with journalists that are desperately trying to get in and go upstairs. Uh, Wallace appears to be at a loss of what's going on. And here you are. Uh, I'm going to ask, uh, Mo is going to ask him, do you know a back way in here uh, that can get us out of this, uh, this this situation? Unfortunately, no. Unless you wanted to, oh, go up one of the fires or something like that. Although the alarm should go off and that probably caused more ruckus. And with all the journalists here, the professor would probably be most upset with that. So I would say no. I would say no, most indeed. Are there any open windows Again, I don't know if that would be the best course of action, as her office is eight stories up. Mm, All right, well. Well, well, we we have an issue with the problem here? There's too many people in the front door, like it's a crowd. I mean, like, is it probably too packed to push our way through? Nah, nah, you can push your way through. Oh, there we go. These are just reporters. Mo will will, uh, lead the way. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do the whole uh, double uh, grab the shoulder on each side and push him away. (laughs) Make a hole. (laughs) Yep. Okay, you you push the reporters away. They start taking pictures and cameras with all their cam bots, 
And they're like, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? We've been here first. Wait in line. Wait in line. But you manage to sort of like push and shove your way up. Eventually, you get to the receptionist. And he looks up at you and says, yes, do you have an appointment? You got to I could just yell. We got cheddar outside. We got cheddar outside. Yeah. Does anyone recognize our fame? Don't know. Well, if these are reporters, they would come to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, this is where Wallace knows, like, everything. I, I have a golden globe on seven star systems, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does Waylos say? I mean, like, I mean, is he, follow- is he following us inside? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's trying to get in, and he goes up to the receptionist, and he just follows you in. Okay. And he's like, yes, 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 good sir. We are here to see the professor. Professor Mahali, is she around? And the receptionist looks up at him and says, no one can go upstairs until we get rid of these publicists, these people, this crowd, journalists, the scum. Why are they all here? Nothing but hell for me. And I cannot afford to let you in, as I'm sure they'll just trample in after you. We can't let that happen. Moe's going to slap a battery in his uh, uh, Azimuth artillery laser. (laughs) He says, uh, we specialize in clearing out publicists and reporters and their kind. Wallace looks at you and he's like, uh, 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 yes, um, campus security probably would not uh, like violence. And I'm sure the professor would not like that as we already seem to have some kind of uh, issue with the press that would probably only make it worse. <laughs> maybe, maybe you shouldn't be handling this, Mo. Uh, maybe someone a little bit more diplomatic. <laughs> more diplomatic than a battery in, a, in an artillery laser? Come on. What, what are you talking about? Uh, well, was, well, was, well, was. My, my, my ignorant primitive friend doesn't really mean poorly. He's actually just doing the best he can with what he has. But so don't, don't take any offense at anything he says. Oh, no, no, no. I understand, Mo. I have seen your show. Uh, I have it on tape. Uh, I've watched it many, many times, and I know how Mo operates. <laughs> he's he's tough on the outside, but soft on the inside. <laughs> Wait, what? Where is Rusty? You're outside. You're, like, not even anywhere near us. Uh, I never know. Yeah, move in. I, I'm I mean, inside what... now. Uh, no, you're not, actually. Oh, there you are. Yeah, I'm... I had not moved my avatar. My apologies. Anyhow... Um, Wallace is like, well, do, do you know what's going on, good sir? Do, do you know? And he's asking the receptionist there. And the receptionist, he says, well, you can probably wait until this crowd dissipates. And perhaps then the professor will see you. Or perhaps security will do something about this. Although I know they don't want to make any situation worse. So... You might be waiting for quite a while before you see the professor. If you're not in a rush, then perhaps you can spend a day or two before this all peters out. Does uh, security consider a flashbang grenade as violence? He looks at you. The receptionist says, I would rather you not set off armaments inside of my work area, if you would, please. All right. Uh, Hiroji pulls out a big cigar, uh, lights it up, takes a, takes a couple big puffs. <laughs> Blows it in the face of the general area of the reporters and says, Hey, um, I might have a scoop for you. I mean, not for nothing, but right outside is the extremely popular and very famous Cheddar. And his master, 
the one and only Tuttle. Now I, I literally say that, and I point over outside where they are because they're out there. All right, give me diplomacy roll. Okay. Hakamo didn't get a diplomacy roll because you you could you could get an intimidate roll. Nobody likes a flashbang flashbang grenade. You were trying to whip a battery at them. Yeah. Makes a satisfying slap when you put it into the uh, the laser. May, may I assist this diplomat? Never mind. Roji rolls an eighteen, and that is the magic number. Sure enough, the reporters are like, oh, "Cheddar, Cheddar, are you talking about the Cheddar, as yeah. in the Cheddar, the half goblin, half robot?" All fun and games, Cheddar. Where? And is his <laughs> trust in his trusty sidekick Tuttle there too? Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Right outside. Uh, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Goodness. Provide a distraction for us, Doctor Tuttle. <laughs> I'm the only one actually qualified to enter an academic building, and I gotta stay outside. And be you are literally surrounded, as you can see, by the press. They're taking pictures. They want interviews. They're asking all these questions about Cheddar, how his armor works. They endlessly ask you what the button does. What does the button do? Yes, Mr. Tuttle, what does the button do? Have you deciphered the button? Is the button a transdimensional gateway to another dimension? What does it do? Please, please, inform us. Mo is starting to get curious, too. Um, all right, well... Well, that's going on. I say, well, and I take another big puff of my cigar. I say, all right, can we go up now? The rebel are gone. He's like, uh, do you want to wait for your friend? Well, we'll get, uh, we'll we get, get up to later. actually meeting the academics. We want Tuttle then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, Mo can be the uh, bouncer for the, uh, the, the building. He can just like wait yeah, out here by the door. You can stand right there and let Tuttle yeah. pass you and like block everyone else. <laughs> Yeah, and when someone tries to get by, I'll just go, excuse me, excuse me. I was kind of hoping the guard would then, like, you know, tell Hiroji there's no smoking in the building. (laughs) (laughs) But if I come back, if I come in, aren't they just going to follow me in? Oh, no. No, they'll stay with Cheddar. Tuttle is a roadblock to all of that. You're a friendly character. All right, I will answer questions for a few minutes, and then I will... Say we have important we have important businesses discussed. Thank you for your questions, and we mu- but we must be going. And I will attempt to go into the building. Mo will let you in. You actually try to do that, and something funny happens. One of the reporters pulls out one of your books, Tuttle, and asks for an autograph. If you can yes, sign it to, to them, does Cheddar have oh, an autograph Tuttle protocol? All about <laughs> Tuttle, Tuttle is entirely okay with this idea, so he'll he'll do a few <laughs> autographs too if that's what the people want. Get a couple selfies, all that good stuff. Oh yeah, they all they they they're like doing their journalist job, and then afterwards they're all like starstruck, and then they're taking pictures, and then they're like having the funny poses with uh, with cheddar, and they have the tuttle and cheddar pose, and yeah, I really have to start charging things. money for this. Actually, yeah, you can go the Comic Con no, way, but no, no, we'll be we'll be for the moment. We'll just we'll be kind. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine by the end of this adventure, you're going to be walking around with the eight by tens. You're going to say twenty credits for an eight by ten, fifty if you want a picture, hundred if you want a personal autograph, and so forth. Dress up in a, like, yeah, in I'll a, be like uh, I'll be like the Doctor Who setups at the various cons. You can have me. You can have me and Tuttle. You can have, you can have uh, you can have the whole team. Like, when you dress up on Forty Second Street, and you know. 
in a dirty, you know, unwashed Spider-Man costume. Well, cheddar costume. Right, exactly. So, sure enough, this whole plan works really well. They take lots of pictures of you. Mo manages to let Tuttle and Cheddar in. The um, journalists do try to follow, but it actually does work pretty well when they see Mo standing there. Yeah. And it actually works. They can't seem to get back in. And sure enough, you manage to clear out the reception area of all those pesky journalists. Yeah, Mo is going to tell the journalists, uh, journalists who are trying to get in that they're allowed in, but not at this time. They'll have to wait. If they're so drawn to it, they can try to force their way in. <laughs> After all that's said and done, the receptionist looks at you and gives you the gut punch of saying, well, thank you for taking care of that. However, the professor is extremely busy, and I don't know if she has time to meet with you. However, I guess you did help me with those rabble. Hmm. Hold on a second. And he like punches a few numbers in and he's like clicking on a few things and he goes, okay, I'll rearrange the professor's schedule for the day and I will create an official appointment for you. You may go up now, but do keep it quick as she is quite busy. And Wallace is like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, good sir, fellow, fellow academic and good man all along. <laughs> Let us go. Yes, thank you very much. I do like it when I have conversations with myself. Would you like a cigar? <laughs> oh, Mo is uh, going up to? Oh, yeah, you're, you're okay. They kind of like... Um, can we close that door in the front? Yeah, you can it. close they, the door. They disperse. Yeah, and they kind of disperse. They, they're keeping their distance. They actually are still hanging outside, but just this whole, you know, meeting them, they seem to have a story to report on. This will probably keep the reporters busy until the next news cycle. So you got them, you got them sedated for a little while uh, with the news about Cheddar and Tunnel. If I point in a random direction and yell, look, it's Khloe Kardashian, will they all go running over there? No, but if you said, hey, look, it's Rusty Carter, they might. Oh, all right. Rusty Carter, the non-human. Pardon? Uh, oh, there's another one? <laughs> it's a common name. It is a common name. You go up the elevators and, sure enough, get off at the eighth floor. You see this is one of the nicer offices on the campus. Um, you see Professor Mahali's office. The door's unlocked. And Warhol's walks in hey everyone it's steve again so so sorry i cut it off right when it started to get interesting but we'll save that for next week where they actually meet maholi and they figure out what is going on so for those of you new to the show we give out a hundred dollar amazon gift card every week all you need to do is listen to the show i didn't do it last week just because the show was so insanely long sorry about that but i am doing it again this week to enter, it's real simple. All you need to do is review the show on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Facebook. And then write us your name and your review to contest at rollforcombat.com and you are automatically entered. We'll send you an email back saying that you're entered and then all you have to do is listen. If your name is called, contact us and you get a $100 Amazon gift card. That's it. So once again, just review the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, or Facebook. Write us and listen to the show. That's all it is. 
So this week's winner is Glumdi. G-L-O-M-D-I. Glumdi. You are the winner. So if you are Glumdi, please write us and I will get you your Amazon gift card. As for the free trip to PaizoCon, a little bit more information about it this week. As I said, every week I'm going to give a little bit more information until you have everything you need to know and then you too can enter. First of all, you must live in the continental U.S. to enter and win. And second of all, you have to be 18 years or older. That is one other thing. We can't give this out to a 16 or 15 year old or something like that. So sorry about that. That is just the way the law works. So what did I say last week? Well, last week you had to do one thing. You had to join Discord, our Roll for Combat Discord channel where we actually put on all the images from the show. So you can see the maps, you can see what the PCs see. There's great people on the Discord. Also, you can get free t-shirts, you can play Starfinder games, it's fun. So come on down. All you have to do is go to discord.rollforcombat.com and that's it. And then every week we're gonna have a question and you're gonna just need to know all those questions when you enter. This week's question is, who did Wallace remind Hiroji of in real life? So once again, sometime during the episode, Hiroji, aka Chris, said Wallace reminded him of somebody in real life. And who is that person he reminded him of? So get that answer down. Probably don't share it with anyone. But when I ask you guys to enter, you're going to need to give all the answers. And then if you get them all correct, you can be eligible to win. So something else, if you're new to the show, is every week I go through a PC GM tip. I've been GMing for about 41 years now, so I have a fair number of tips and experience over the years, and I try to help everyone out. Plus, people ask me questions, so I answer them to the best of my ability. If you have any questions or would like me to talk about a specific topic, just jump onto the Discord and ask me or write us an email at questions at rollforcombat.com and I will make sure we answer them. So this week I wanted to talk about characters and why you really should build a flawed character. Now, I'm not saying a broken character, that's actually a whole other topic, but a character that is flawed. And I'm gonna give an example of one person who came around and saw the light. Chris Beamer, very own Chris Beamer. He is a min-maxer, and when we played Age of Worms, Chris built a monk. This is D&D 3.5, one of the best adventure paths of all time, Age of Worms. And his monk was insane. His monk was just an absolute battle machine. And he was so good that, quite frankly, it got boring. And he would do this horrible thing where he would go up to somebody, trip them, they would try to stand up, he would do an attack of opportunity and trip them again. And so they would forever never get off the ground. Eventually, it got so boring that the characters would fight from the ground, which would piss off Chris, and so on and so forth. After this was going on for several weeks slash months, I spoke to Chris and I said, look, I need you to rebuild your character. It's actually way too strong. And this was before point buying. This was back when you were rolling dice, so you can get incredibly unbalanced characters. And I said, look, you just got to tone it down and put in some weaknesses. And then trust me, it's going to make for a more interesting game for you and everyone else because weakness and conflict is what makes stories and it's true without conflict you don't have a good story so sure enough he agreed he said according to him he can make any character that's good no matter what 
And he did. He weakened him quite a bit. And you know what? It worked. It became a much more interesting character. He wasn't able to dominate every single combat. He even was able to have some pretty cool adventures getting taken over by doppelgangers and going into pit fighting and getting taken over by mind flares. It was a lot more fun. And you know what? Since then, he has completely agreed. He doesn't build completely overpowered characters. In fact, he's gone the other way and has built characters with multiple skill sets. Another example is that we had a PC once who only had one weapon. He was a dwarf and the weapon was a family heirloom. And all the other party members were wondering why doesn't he continuously upgrade his weapons like everyone else. And he says, no, I have a family heirloom. This is my weapon. It's never going to be a plus one magic item or anything like that. This is all I'm going to have and this is all I'm going to use. And you know what? It added a lot of flavor. He was fine. And as a GM, and here's the part you have to be careful of. As a GM, I respected his choices to make a character with a deep history. So I made sure his character could always shine, even though he never had a magic weapon. And that's something else as a GM. If you have PCs who are going to commit to having flawed characters with a lot of character, get it? With a lot of character to them, make sure you allow them to shine. Don't punish them for this. Make them shine. Make them have fun. And if you notice, I'm kind of doing it in this game as well a little. And you have Rusty, who shall we say is not the most diplomat diplomat. But yet, he continuously seems to get his way and work his way out of things. Because, well, it's my game. I can make it work however I want. So I'm rewarding him. Why, in any other game, you would think the way he acts, he would actually be punished. But I, in fact, find it funny and think it's actually a good character trait. And, quite frankly, he's an envoy with really high charisma. And just because he's a pain doesn't mean he's not good at his job. And so forth. So things like that. I would strongly recommend if you're making a character that try to make a character with flaws and sort of ham them up and lean into the flaws. Explain it to your game master and hopefully your game master is good enough. He will recognize these flaws and sort of have fun with them and make it part of the adventure and make it part of your shtick and not punish you for it. I wouldn't go too crazy and give yourself like a four strength or something. But it can be little silly things like they only wear certain types of armor or they only use one type of weapon or they're against type. Think of Guardians of the Galaxy as a perfect example. Those guys aren't really exactly the most heroic type. And you know what? Playing heroic heroes is fun maybe once or twice, but it does get boring after a while. Have you been playing role-playing games for a long period of time? Playing the flawed defective characters makes for a much more interesting story for everyone, the PCs and the GMs. So I strongly recommend you give it a try. So with that, we're at the end of the show. Once again, please follow us on iTunes. Give us a review. Follow us on Facebook. We got a lot of followers on Facebook now and they keep growing. You can go to YouTube. Our YouTube channel is also getting quite popular. I guess a lot of people like to listen to this on YouTube. I myself don't know about that, but if you guys like to listen to YouTube, give me a shout out. I'm actually curious to know why you guys like listening to YouTube, but we're going to keep putting them up there because people keep listening to it. We are on Twitch as well. We are on Twitter. We are on Discord. We are everywhere. If there is a social media, we seem to be on it. Definitely check out the Discord channel. First of all, you need to be on the Discord channel to enter the PaizoCon contest. And second of all, we're all there. I'm there all the time. I'm talking to people. 
and we have a brand new line of t-shirts that are coming out that you'll be able to get really soon. We have everyone, including some of the NPCs. It looks beautiful. It's going to work on any color t-shirt. They're awesome, and they're coming out any day now. So check out the Discord where we have some previews, and then we're going to put them there first for people to buy. And we're trying to make them as cheap as possible, so you can just get as many shirts as you want. Once again, you can get there by discord.rollforcombat.com, and it'll give you the sign-up process, and you can get right on there. But with that, I'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember Moe's motto, where are the pastries?